All right, guys. So today is episode 73, and we're all in quarantine, as you guys can see. We're all at home. Um, this is a Skype call. Uh, today is uh, the most underrated WrestleMania matches of all time, in our opinions. Uh, like Pinello has said, like I've said, there's not a lot that are below Mania 17. I mean, we don't, we don't want to go that far back. So um, I guess I'm going to start. Uh, I'll start with my honorable mentions. So the first match I have, I mentioned it last week, RVD versus William Regal. That was a, <laughs> that was a solid match, you know. Uh, Kane versus The Undertaker at Mania, at Mania 14, the first time. The build was uh, absolutely outstanding. No one really knew who Kane was. And uh, yeah, it was, that, was a, that was a fun program. Here's another one that a lot of people forget. WrestleMania 20, Rock and Sock Connection versus Evolution. Oh. Uh, that, for me, is a very underrated match. Um, it was placed perfectly on the card. And, uh, you know, the Rock coming back, I thought that was absolutely perfect for at least sales as well. Um, I'll just say one more. I don't want to... I think I have another five, but like... So, CM Punk versus Randy Orton. <laughs> WrestleMania 27. That for me, that's a very underrated match. A terrible Mania, but there were a few bright spots at that Mania, and that was one of them. So, also that's my honorable mention. So now I'm going to start with my actual list. Um, number ten, Undertaker versus Randy Orton, WrestleMania 21. Oh, I thought yeah. I thought the build for this was really good. Um, I think this was the first time, at least for me, watching it. I wasn't really sure who was going to win. I thought maybe Randy had a chance. You know, he was looked at as the chosen one. And, uh, you know, that RKO, you know, chokes him into RKO. That's legendary shit right there from the legend killer. But Undertaker came on top. So that's my number 10. And I'll pass it to you guys. Take it away, buddy. All right. So we're doing 10 or five? <laughs> I got five. I got five. So, yeah, Chris, honorable uh, <laughs> mentions clocked in at uh, five, but uh, number five for me, WrestleMania 17, Raven versus Big Show versus Kane. They killed each other. This match should have started the show. <laughs> <laughs> they went through glass doors, uh, fireworks, everything, and uh, had a solid match. Really underrated. Had uh, no business being even on the card as a buildup, just thrown together. They made the best of it, so it's my number five. Alrighty. Start off with these honorable mentions here. First off, we got WrestleMania 20, the Cruiserweight Open. Nice little 10-minute <laughs> sprint. The glory days of SmackDown. Everyone loved this shit. Uh, one of my favorite parts of the card. Next up, this is going to be a weird one because this is amazing, but the triangle ladder match from WrestleMania 16. I say Ooh. this because the year after was a lot better, and this one just gets lost. And honestly, that is the only reason why I have it on here. Next, we got Seth Rollins versus Randy Orton, WrestleMania 31. Yeah. Obviously, we know what happened uh, later on in the night. So this one also sec second on the card, I believe. Nice 15-minute match. Can't really go wrong with these two. Uh, WrestleMania 8, Intercontinental title, Bret Hart versus Roddy Piper. This one is very solid. This match was ahead of its time. Um, it's for the Intercontinental. This is a big match for Brett. This one really gets lost because he started this stuff with Sean uh, not long after. So I got that in there. And my last honorable mention, 
This is going to kill you guys. Chris Jericho versus Jimmy Snuka versus oh, Roddy man. Piper versus <laughs> Ricky Steamboat. Oh, WrestleMania 25. My all-time favorite Jericho. Just, uh, just an asshole. Beating these old-timers, coming back, showing them who's boss, and then getting popped in the end. But we won't talk about that. So that's those are my honorable mentions right there. Yeah, those are those fun. Um, I'm going to keep going. You know what? I have 10. I made 10. So screw you guys. I'm going to keep going. So uh, my number nine, Finley versus JBL at Mania 24. Uh, perfect opener. This to me is uh, Finley had a lot of bright spots. I'll say like 07 and 08. Um, I remember he feuded with, or no, sorry. It was 06 to 08. I remember he feuded with Chris Benoit for a while. And he put on a really good feud with him. And, uh, you know, I thought this match was kind of like, okay, these two guys, they're not doing anything, so we'll put them in a Belfast brawl, and they'll beat the shit out of each other. And that's exactly what they did. So kudos to those guys. I guess I'll keep going. My number eight, Matt Hardy versus Jeff Hardy at WrestleMania 25. Um, kind of like Finley and uh, JBL. Like, they just beat the shit out of each other. Um, I love the build for it. Uh, Matt Hardy cost Jeff Hardy, you know, the WWE title. Um, I just love how Matt Hardy won because everyone just assumed that Jeff Hardy was going to win this. Matt Hardy actually ended up getting the win. The twist of fate on the steel chair, that was just, that was amazing. Um, number seven, Pinell already mentioned it. Randy Orton versus Seth Rollins, Mania 31. I thought that that, I think that was that Seth Rollins. That was his first singles match at WrestleMania, so it was a big moment for him. Um, Randy Orton, of course, one of the best. That spot, of course, no one's gonna forget that. And uh, that was uh, that was when Vine was a big part of Randy Orton's success there, when everyone was, uh, you know, doing the RKO vines. <laughs> that was uh, good times. Uh, number six, Shawn Michaels versus Vince McMahon, WrestleMania <laughs> 22. If the, wow, man! Like I, the only thing that I remember vividly from WrestleMania 22 was the trash can over Vince McMahon's head and Mick Foley going through the flaming table. Those were the only two things that I really remember from that. And that was like, even I was, what, 12 at the time? It was one of the funniest matches I've ever seen. Vince McMahon, you know, he pulls the magazine and he's flexing. Just just entertaining as hell. And then, of course, I'll let you guys go. My number five, Oscar versus Charlotte Flair, WrestleMania 34. Um, this is probably one of the best, if not the best... Um, women's match at wrestlemania i also like uh, i was gonna put mickey james versus trish stratus on here but um this one just edged it out so those are that's from nine to five so now i'm i'm on part all right my uh, honorable mention there that you mentioned before jbl finley uh beat the shit out of each other got the shillelagh involved and yeah that didn't need a bill just throw them on the card and that was good but my number four sticking with this uh hardcore match theme is from WrestleMania 12, Roddy Piper and Goldust. They had the OJ Simpson car chase throughout the night, <laughs> and they were saying it's Goldust getting away. And, uh, he finally gets into the building. He runs him over, fucking punches him. All uh, hell breaks loose. They go into the ring, and Roddy Piper gets his moment before he left the company and dipped. So that's uh, number four for me. So uh, it's my number five then, right? Yeah. Already kicking this shit off, we got WrestleMania 32, Charlotte Flair versus Sasha versus Becky in the triple threat match. This was uh, a lot of people don't remember this now because the women just continue to break barriers as time goes on. 
So this was kind of the first uh, big match feel for all three of them when they first got called up. Everything about this was just perfect with uh, the presentation of the new title, Lita doing it, and then all three of them getting their moments. So that's my number five. Yeah, my number four. Um, I don't know if you call it underrated, but I, I, I at least do. Um, WrestleMania 17, Chris Benoit versus Kurt Angle. Um, that's one of the best. It's probably the best Mania of all time for a reason. A lot of great matches. Again, I don't know if it's underrated, but I think it's overlooked or it's overlooked. Um, you, you know, when people talk about Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit, they think of the Royal Rumble match they had in 03. Um, that's to me, that's the one that stands out a little more. I think that's why this one is so underrated. Um, it wasn't match of the night by any means, but it was up there for me. I rewatched it not too long ago, and you just knew that these guys were the two best in-ring technicians that we've probably ever seen. So for me, this is definitely an underrated, uh, an underrated match uh, for WrestleMania 17. Yeah, I got that same one uh, as my next uh, spot here. At the time, I think the match was like two matches into one. So the first one was for the European title, and then the second one was for the Intercontinental title. Angle didn't take any of the pins or submissions, so they kept him protected here. And uh, yeah, you have Benoit, Angle, and Jericho together. I think that's perfect mix, all three of their styles. They have great chemistry together. They put on a show, but it does get kind of overlooked because they had that ladder match and uh, the turn at the end there with Vince turning on the rock. So... I think uh, looking at other Manias, this one stands out as a real good underrated match you can go back and watch. I agree. Number four, I got Chris Jericho versus Christian, WrestleMania 20. Uh, this pay-per-view had a lot of big fight feels to it, so it makes sense that this one was obviously lost. But you got the two good Canadian kids going second on the card. Solid 20-minute technician type match. Trish Stratus getting involved in the end was just the icing on the cake. Just funny stuff all around. I'll take this match all day. That's my number four. Yeah, that was an awesome one. My number three, I was saying to uh, Alino before we went up, WrestleMania 27, Cody Rhodes versus Rey Mysterio, number three. Um, you know, a lot of people, they don't like this WrestleMania for a reason. It was not good at all. Um, but, man, this match... It was a very low-end SmackDown-type feud, but when it came to the show of shows, they both delivered. Um, I love the grotesque character of Cody Rhodes here. Um, Rey Mysterio, uh, at the time, he didn't really put on a lot of great matches, but he he did with the people that work, he worked well with, and Cody Rhodes was definitely one of them. Um, for me, this is arguably the best match of the night uh, for WrestleMania 27. If it's not that match, it's... It's uh, Randy Orton and CM Punk. Um, but for me, this one is definitely under undervalued and underappreciated for sure because at the time, no one really knew what Cody Rhodes' status was with WWE. It's like, is this guy gonna finally kind of going to be like a mid-carder? So Ray putting him over here was amazing. I love how he, he hit him with his uh, brace and then he did the crossroads to win. Uh, I, again, like a lot of people, I think, expected Rey Mysterio to win. But the villain came out on top, so I think that boosts it for me. So Cody Rhodes and Ray at number three. Yeah, mine is Mav versus Jeff from Mania 25. A lot of these guys, they their best Mania moments were as a tag team. And uh, it was good to see Matt get his moment as a singles competitor. At the time, he was like up and down the mid card. And uh, this was a way for him to really legitimize himself as a singles wrestler 
they had a really good uh, matchup, had the ladders involved, and see Mac get the win, that was a big surprise because Jeff was one of the biggest stars at the time there. So him getting the win, great for his career, and uh, ended up leading on to more success down the road. So that's from 25 is my number three. Uh, my number three is Ric Flair versus The Undertaker. WrestleMania 18, Toronto, Canada. So we got a lot of fucking brawls in this list. This might be the biggest one of them all. Uh, I just remember the lead pipe. Ric Flair getting busted open. Taker just beating the holy hell out of him. This was awesome. This was a refresher kind of in the middle of the show. So I got this at number three. Yeah, my number two, uh, Pinello, you mentioned it already. Christian versus Chris Jericho at WrestleMania 20. This, to me, is a definition of underrated. Um, I remember, I think I rewatched that like maybe like a month or two months ago. And it's one of those matches where like you kind of forget about it. And then when it pops up on your DVD, you're like, oh, yeah, Christian, Christian and Chris Jericho. This was an unreal match. And the promo was perfect. Uh, bringing Lita and Trish Stratus involved it was awesome. And Trish again coming out, turning heel, Christian getting the win. It was just awesome. And a lot of people felt bad for Chris Jericho, even though Chris Jericho is going to go down as the best heel, one of the best heels of all time. This was a moment where you saw a very uh, vulnerable face, Chris Jericho, and uh, very surprising. Uh, I love this match. Again, WrestleMania 20 is going to go down as probably one of my favorites of all time. And this is also one of the reasons why. So a very underrated match between these two guys. Yeah, my next one is from WrestleMania 14, Ken Shamrock versus The Rock. These two guys had a really underrated feud. Uh, this match wasn't as good as their Royal Rumble match uh, two months before, but just the whole program leading in had Shamrock and The Rock with that chair shot that still is on GIFs on Twitter all the time where he told them, hit me, and he just fucking unleashed that one on them. So uh, this led to The Rock's heel character, really showing that how much of an asshole he could be as a heel. So this was perfect and uh, led to him being a world champ. So overall, this was probably one of the most important matches of his career. Uh, my number two, I got CM Punk versus Chris Jericho, WrestleMania 28. Uh, WWE does not promote this fucking match because the Hell in the Cell happened and The Rock and Cena. So the WWE Championship match, for some reason, gets lost. But uh, the promo or the, the build for this was just amazing about going into Punk's family and Jericho just being that maniacal heel we all know and love. Uh, the match was awesome. Another fucking brawl. Jesus. Um, just two pros going at it. You really can't go wrong. So that's my runner up. Yeah, that was uh, that was it was between Christian and Chris Jericho and CM Punk and Chris Jericho. And that's my number one for sure. This is a match, again, like you just said, they didn't promote this at all, and yet CM Punk was coming off the summer of Punk. He was probably the biggest star in WWE. Um, he put on consistent great matches with, you know, Cena, and then he beat Del Rio to win the title, and then all of this, and then everyone's like, oh, Chris Jericho's going to win the Royal Rumble, and he didn't win the Rumble, and then he wasn't saying anything, and then he turned heel. And that, for me, the build was amazing. My favorite part of this whole build was that CM Punk kicked Chris Jericho out of the chamber and he didn't get eliminated. That, to <laughs> me, was perfect. And then, of course, he, him bringing up his family. And then beforehand, John Laronitis goes up to CM Punk. He's like, if you get DQ'd, you're getting stripped of the title. 
and just everything about this match was perfect. The odds were against CM Punk. When CM Punk was a face, everyone was on his side. Even as a heel, people were still on his side. But man, I think this match should have main evented. If if there's a WWE Championship match that should main event WrestleMania over The Rock and John Cena, it's definitely CM Punk. He had that star power at the time, so I think this definitely should have main evented. And to me, this is easily the most underrated WrestleMania match of all time. Yeah, I like that pick. Uh, that's another honorable mention of mine. Forgot about that one because of that uh, whole main event debacle, that whole year build. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, my number one unappreciated um, match, Pinello touched on it, Ric Flair, Undertaker, WrestleMania 18. Uh, just the whole storyline. We talked about last week how Undertaker was the one when he came out after he beat the crap out of his son. He said, Oh, I'm willing to forgive you for everything you put me through and <laughs> accept your match. So, uh, yeah, this was a brawl. Arn Anderson gets involved. Uh, hits a spine buster on Undertaker. Everyone thinks, oh my God, Ric Flair is going to win. Undertaker kicks out, takes care of both of them. Tombstone gets a win and has a 10, uh, 10 and record at WrestleMania. So that's my number one underappreciated match. My number one is Matt versus Jeff Hardy, WrestleMania 25. Clearly not the best fucking match on this card, but this one uh, really hits home for me. Another brawl yet again. The story was amazing. Um, you know, Matt uh, consulting Jeff at first, saying, I don't know what's going on. I'm here for you, all this. And then turning out that he's the bad guy behind all of Jeff's problems. Burning his house down, killing his dog, Jack. What about my dog, man? <laughs> but uh, it, it was just one of those rare times where the build was perfect and the match was awesome. And the bad guy ended up winning, which was just hilarious to me. So, Matt Hardy, I give you props. You get the number one spot on my list. Damn. That was good shit. That was a good list. I like that list a lot. We all had different ones. Um, the one thing that I, I really got to bring up with Matt and Jeff was, again, Mania 25. Just the, the main events for me just did not deliver at all. Like you had, okay, other than the Sean and Taker, I mean, the triple threat. Um, oh, God, that was awful. Yeah. And, of course, Randy Orton and... Triple H was absolutely wow. Like the build was incredible, but the match was just terrible. I thought that was that's going to go down as one of the most underwhelming main events of all time. So I think that's why a lot of people have Jeff and Matt on the list. Like they just went all out here, and uh, that was just an absolute treat to watch. Yeah, just looking at that match, like Triple H and Randy Orton main event after everything that happened before that. Triple H, is, he seems to have a thing for that. Same thing at 18. He decided, no, title goes on last. He gets outshined by the mid-card match. Same thing happened at 25, and I think that's what kind of takes away from the whole quality of the show because if they had this in the middle of the card, it would have been fine, like they did with Edge and Del Rio having that the first opening match. And I think it takes away after because now everyone thinks at 25. I was like, wow, that show sucked. It was like a one-two match show. But, yeah. Think that took away from it yeah it was absolutely yep. awful i think if you just uh you switched um you, the match was obviously bad but just the fact that it closed makes it that much worse like even if the match is the same but you just flip it in the positioning i think it's so much better than it looks yeah it, it easily could have been one of the best wrestlemania's if you just change, like you just said, just change some of the 
the matches in order. You obviously have, um, you know, Sean and Taker main event. That's that's going to go down as the best main event of all time. No one's going to no one's going to touch that. Um, and then of course it's obviously it's Hunter. You know they're gonna they're gonna make it main event. That's just that's who he is. And um, of course it made sense. The build was again phenomenal, but it just fell so flat and it was just so bad. I remember in theaters like no one gave a shit after Sean and Taker. Everyone knew no one was gonna live up to that match after. So the rest of the show was kind of just treading water. So. For for me, I, always, uh, I look back on this one. It, it's the one with the most potential. Whenever I look back on twenty five, like I feel like it could have been one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, yeah. And then you look at WrestleMania twenty one. Yeah. Oh my lord! <laughs> literally, the, literally the same thing. The same thing. Yeah, position but, uh, was bad. You know what I want to ask you guys a couple questions right now. Who is your favorite male wrestler and why? Oh, my God. I got this. I'm taking the Monday Night Messiah, Seth Rollins. (laughs) Just the complete 180 from everyone fucking hating him and saying how boring and cringy he is to just embracing all the hate and accepting the fact that he's the reason why Monday Night Raw has been so successful over the last two years. I just love the the smug fucking face when he comes out and yeah, he's basically Jesus. The guy kills me. Yeah. I'm going to go AJ styles <laughs> just because everything he seems to be doing this whole thing with undertaker, we know it's going to be a disaster and a fucking train wreck, but we're going to watch because of how good he's been building it up and he's going to be taking bumps left and right, bouncing off wherever the hell they're having a boneyard match where they were saying on Ross, so I don't know what the hell that is, but it's going to be bouncing off some stuff and, Putting on a show, so I'm gonna go with AJ. Yeah, yeah, I gotta go with AJ too. I think uh, he, you know, what he's done <laughs> with with the Undertaker and his circumstances is just it's tough. Uh, you know, he's gonna wrestle a 56 year old or however old he is now. Um, Jesus, that's old. And then um, yeah, AJ Styles. I think what is he 44, 45? He's probably the best looking 45 year old I've ever seen. Um, you know, he's just a god. Um, kind of like what everything, what, what Pinello said about Seth Rollins, I feel the same way with AJ. Just he comes out and the way he can change his character so quickly, you know, from being the best face to becoming the best heel, you know, seamlessly, you know, without even trying. Um, for me, he's easily my favorite. Um, but for I also want to ask, uh, how about your favorite female wrestler? For me, it's easily Charlotte Flair. I think she's... Um, no, she's got the she's the real package. I think she's got it all. And for me, the runner up is probably EO. So I'm gonna pass that on to you guys. Take it away. Oh yeah. Same with me. Like you look at I remember at SummerSlam when we went, you see Charlotte, like the match she's able to put on easily overall top to like every quality if factor probably. And EO's probably a close second. Bianca Belair's another one, has potential. But uh, if you look at ring work mic skills, everything, and selling a promo and elevating your opponent, probably Charlotte's the best one in the company. Uh, yeah, no no arguments there, but uh, I'm going to give Rhea Ripley some love. You know, she's only 23, 24 years old. She's got that uh, match against Charlotte, so that obviously tells you how they view her, and you know, um, she seems polished already, given she's only like 
eight to ten years experience wise so I really like her future she's really good all around she's only going to get better and working with people like Charlotte how can you not get better I want to quickly just talk about Mike's skills if you guys had to make like a uh, Mount Rushmore for Mike's skills I know this is like I'm putting you guys on the spot but the first actually- the guy that comes to mind when I think of Mike Skills, it's CM Punk. For me, he's number one, I think. I think there's nobody that can sell a program and that can just talk the talk like CM Punk can. I mean, uh, the pipe bomb is, to me, I think that might be the best promo of all time. It's up there, you know, with you have Stone Cold's uh, King of the Ring one. Um, even John Cena, you know, we love to hate him, but him on the mic, phenomenal. Uh I probably got the rock there too. And uh I don't really know who's fourth. That's that's very tough, but those to me are probably the top three. Punk, Cena, and Rock for me. I uh I gotta say, when you when you said Mount Rushmore, I immediately pictured four names. They are The Rock, Stone Cold, CM Punk, and Hulk Hogan. That guy can fucking reel you in like no tomorrow. I don't know if that's my list, but when you said that, that's immediately what I pictured. I definitely throw Cena in there. Uh, I don't know if you'd count Paul Heyman. He's just so good, it's kind of hard not to mention him in these kinds of things. But yeah, who else are we missing? Chris Jericho? Yeah, it's another one. Triple H sucked on the mic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I the same one with you. Uh... The Rock easily, I think, is probably the best just because of what he's able to do. Like that thing with Baron Corbin, the first SmackDown, he comes out and absolutely destroyed him. That's on the spot. And CM Punk's up there. Uh, Ric Flair is another one. Oh, God. Uh, Hogan, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Remember him and Flair when these guys are in their 60s, 70s, in that area, and they actually had a crowd chanting one more match. So. <laughs> they're onto something. They can sell a crowd in into one moment, and then at the end of the night, you're thinking, "Why the fuck did we actually chant that?" So, uh, yeah, they're up there for me. Yeah, how do we forget Nate? I don't know. That's why I said Rick Flair. I was like, "Oh God, come on!" <laughs> he goes off yeah. the rails a lot. This guy. I don't. I don't really know. Uh, I, would, is there anything else you guys really want to talk about? I'll let you know. How would you guys sit Matt Hardy now? Official in uh, AEW. Uh, Brody Lee is a leader of the Dark Order. Uh, Luke Harper. Sorry. Uh, so, yeah, what are your thoughts on those two guys finally making it official? Um, I'm really happy for Luke Harper. I think if there's one guy that needed a new change of scenery, it was probably him. Um, another name that kind of like I think that is in the same position as Luke Harper is a guy like a Rusev. I think he could do a lot more than what he's doing. So kudos to Brody Lee now, you know, going to AEW. I think he's going to do wonders there. He's a very underrated in-ring talent. Not a lot of people, they don't really talk about his in-ring ability. I remember in 2017, he, he was fiddling with the main event um, spot with Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton. That was absolutely amazing. So I think if you give this guy a little bit of ring time, even mic time, I think he could uh, definitely do damage. So I'm very happy for him. And uh, for Matt Hardy as well, we all know how, how, how good he's going to be there, you know, with his delete character, his broken gimmick. It was, un- it was a huge success everywhere else. So I don't see why it can't be a huge success in AEW. 
can't remember which one of you said it, but uh, you said Matt Hardy would lead the Dark Order, and it ended up being Brody Lee, which was oh, pretty yeah. fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm more happy for, I'll call him Harper for now, I'm still used to it, because Matt, regardless, will get a job wherever. It's Matt Hardy, he's a legend, he can, wherever he wants to go, he can do it. With Brody Lee, he missed a year, 39 years old, he tore his ACL at the time. And then WWE froze his contract. And then everyone was like, oh, he's getting up there in age. He hasn't really been that active. How's he going to be like, what's the market going to be like for him? So for him, I'm very happy that he gets a chance on uh, this scale. And also uh, in AEW, they got Lance Archer coming in. Like he's up there in age too. It's been around TNA and New Japan. And now he's getting this opportunity with Jake the Snake Roberts as his mouthpiece. So at his age, and I think he's in his forties, early forties. Like, is it? Could he be a long-term or short-term star for them? What's the ceiling you think in AEW? I think he's got a very high ceiling. I think Jake the Snake is a guy where um, a lot of people are going to tune in whenever he's on. Kind of like when uh, Bret Hart introduced the the title for the first time. A lot of people, you know, they're just going to tune in because of his name. Um, I know Lance Archer. He's a, he's great. Um, but again, you know, when you bring Jake the Snake Roberts in as a manager, um, you know, his promos, even his voice, it just everything fits him perfectly. And it fits, I think, even Lance Archer's character. I don't know what they're going to do with him. Um, I don't know if he's going to maybe have like a, a, a feud with Jimmy Havoc or I don't know who he's going to really face in the long term plans. But I don't know. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see what they do with that. I don't see him sticking around that long, like a couple of big few, because he is up there in age. I, I imagine this is kind of the, the twilight of his career. <laughs> but J- Jake the Snake coming in that first promo back on uh, on Cody a few weeks ago, I still can't get that out of my head. Oh, After all the shit that he's all the shit that he's been through, he comes back. The guy's still got it. So if if he can reel you in, you throw anyone next to him, anyone's gonna watch. Yeah. Another thing that happened, guys, uh, Chris Benoit's, that Vice Dark Side of the Ring, they aired the first part of that on YouTube, and the second part tonight uh, airs along with the first part again, so they're going to be showing that all over again, and they had a lot of Eddie Guerrero in that, they talk about Chris Benoit, and then of course the second part, they're going to detail what happened, how he died and everything, so do you think WWE is going to get some... Uh, bad negative press about this so they're gonna have to mention this or even bring it up on uh, at least behind the scenes make a statement about it because this is uh bringing a lot of people like jericho's in it jim ross is in it travels in it so a lot of past names are talking about this now i think it just depends on uh how they want to deal with it if they want to get involved obviously they'll get involved um i think the people that need to get involved, though, are the veterans that actually know Chris Benoit. So, like, Randy Orton, Edge, Rey Mysterio, um, like, those guys. Like, if, if, if WWE's going to get involved and they're going to, like, include Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins, like, yeah, they're the, probably the biggest stars, but they don't know Chris Benoit. So, it really doesn't make any sense. So, if WWE is going to go that route, you have the veterans kind of do what, you know, Jim Ross and Chris Jericho have done. But you know what? Maybe it's better they don't get involved because, you know, they've completely erased him from history and what he did was tragic. But, you know, uh, Vince McMahon, he decided to take that risk. And I don't think he's going to change his mind now. Uh, honestly, I think if they were going to step in, they would have done it already just because of the 
delicacy of this situation, but uh, I, I really don't have much to add to that. So his son is also in any kind of, like, splitting image of him. Like, if you see a picture side by side of him and his son, it's uh, a little scary how much he looks like him. And he has been open that he wants to be a wrestler, too. Use the same name and entrance music, same attire. So is AEW, you think? Because that's the only company I can even see with Jericho involved there. Like, would they get negative press if they took a chance on him? (laughs) They would not get negative press. If anything, they would get more TV views. I think that would be the smartest move they could probably do. I know um, Vince McMahon would probably be upset. Um, I think a lot of other wrestlers in WWE would maybe be upset at Vince for maybe not giving his son maybe a chance. But I think it's basically a lock that if he were to go to a company, it's probably AEW. Well, you'll definitely get heat regardless. But... uh. It's this is a tricky one because like the wrestling fans, like the three of us and guys like that, I think we'd want to see him go over there and make something of himself. But I, I think it'll be a mixed reaction regardless. Yeah. Well, you know, my my computer is at like ten percent. Oh man. Oh <laughs> yeah, same. I'm at like eighteen. <laughs> Okay, we'll talk we'll talk about like one more thing I just want to bring up. John Cena is facing Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania. Do you think there's any chance we see the C Nation leader maybe at SummerSlam? And do you guys think he can maybe win his 17th title? No. Uh with the title, I'm gonna go yeah. I don't know if it's gonna happen at Mania. Ah, but it's coming. I think they want to give him that record eventually. Um, not saying he's got to come back full time or anything, but if you can put a couple pro, a uh, couple segments together, maybe a six month little thing. I, th- I think it would be a nice little send off for Cena. I cannot believe I'm fucking saying that because if you asked me that five years ago, I would have said not a chance. Give Bray the win. Get him the fuck out of here. Move on. Yeah, this is a do over for them. Part two with him and Bray. This time the Fiend. Uh, they're taping WrestleMania, so this apparently is going to be uh, a whole WWE Studios production, this match. Not even going to take place in the ring. <laughs> so this already sounds like it's going to be like Bray and Randy Orton, that match they had where they're trying to copy Matt Hardy's stuff that he was doing, and they had it <laughs> go in, Jesus. and the ring turning into worms and all this shit. So I hope The Fiend wins, but I think it's a lock. Boston is uh, hosting SummerSlam. It probably will happen by then. This whole stuff will be uh, allowing at least some sort of gathering. So Boston is hosting that. Cena's from Boston. Uh, he's going to wrestle. Just uh, who's it going to be? Will it be Goldberg or will it be Roman? Hey, fun. I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like it's going to be for the WWE title. I don't see him winning the Universal title. So if anything, I can see him maybe facing... Like, I don't want to see Drew McIntyre versus John Cena. I don't want to see John Cena take that spot away from Drew McIntyre. I think if if John Cena were to get the 17th title, the perfect opponent is AJ Styles. I think John Cena taking it from AJ Styles, just like when he tied Ric Flair, he took it from AJ Styles. So I think maybe... If he won the 17th one, the big one, I think taking it from AJ, the phenomenal one, 
would be perfect for John Cena. I think Drew should be the one guy that he doesn't beat. Yeah. Also, he'll probably squash from that. Ah. <laughs> yeah, P- P- Yellow, B- going back to your point about John Cena, I think I'm Uh-oh. in the same boat as you. About five years ago, we're all like, we want to see this guy leave. And then as soon as he leaves, everyone's like, oh, shit, where's John Cena? We need this guy. <laughs> like, you know, he, he was great on the mic. His consistency is uh, is up there with one of the greats. You know, um, he's he was consistent for, what, 15 years? So um, when you lose a guy like that full time, it takes a hit on your company and people start noticing. So um, I really hope John Cena come WrestleMania. I know it is still recorded and it's not going to be live. I still think John Cena is going to put on his best match. Um, Again, like we saw, what was it, two years ago, he got buried by The Undertaker. Um, I don't even know why that was a thing. I don't think that should have happened, but um, I hope that... um, he can bounce back. Um, I really just want them to get it right this time. Because the one at 31, it's kind of where it all went downhill for Bray. <laughs> and he's kind of just picked <laughs> it up recently. And the guy he's facing is the guy that killed him before. So this is kind of, um, I'm, I'm very anxious. I just want it to go well. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I just, I feel like when you think of like guys that John Cena is going to face on the way out, it's so hard to picture the perfect opponent. Like, I don't really know who the perfect opponent is for John Cena to go out and like, or win the title. I have no idea. Literally everyone. Yeah. Well, no, because you got to remember, like there's Goldberg who no one gives a shit about. <laughs> There's The Fiend, who I don't think Cena should beat The Fiend for a title. I don't think I don't think that should happen. So I think, like, again, John Cena, Brock Lesnar, do we really want to see that? Oh, no. No. So, like, that's the question we got to ask. If Vince wants to go with the 17th title, who the hell is it that he's going to be? Like, who's the guy that John Cena will be? Is it Seth Rollins? Is it AJ? Is it Kevin Owens? Like, who is it? I don't really know. Well, uh, yeah. after Edge beats Randy Orton, and then Edge is in line for a title shot, and then maybe we can relive some 2006 magic. <laughs> Holy shit. Can you imagine? Oh, man. <laughs> I'll go with the AJ yeah. prediction, though. I really like that. I think that's, that's yeah, I think that's, like, in a perfect world. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to happen. I, I would love to. Did. did he win his 15th or 16th off AJ? Oh, yeah, 16. Yeah. Also, oh, fuck, could they do it again? Yeah, I might as well. Let's <laughs> do it again. <laughs> Just do it again. I remember, uh, the only reason why I remember it so vividly was because I remember I was looking at you, Pegs. It was when he did the back-to-back uh, FUs, when he did, like, the rollover. Oh, I was like, funny. fuck. I was like, oh, it's over. <laughs> the second he started to roll, I just kind of like slapped my hands on my legs. I'm like, fuck off. You just know when it's coming. <laughs> Did he only have cool, like a though. month? Yeah, he held that for literally like three weeks. Oh, that pissed God. me off. <laughs> he's had a lot of those. It's probably why he's at 16. It was to put over Bray Wyatt at the time. So. 
worked well. I guess. What else we got, boys? I don't know. There's really <laughs> nothing about basketball, nothing. No hockey. Oh, yeah. I it's been know, fun. Yeah. I, I think this, this might be where we wrap it up. Yeah. It was a solid list, boys. That was a solid right. list. Hopefully, John Cena. Hopefully, he doesn't win the seventeenth just for the Nature Boy. But uh, <laughs> if he does, he does, we will say again, as we've done a million times with these predictions, people just bring it up after Alina. Remember, we always we say something in our pod, and then we go on Twitter, oh, and yeah, we see that. we see something that we said on our pod. So you know what? I wouldn't be surprised in like a month's time, we'll see. John Cena gets title match at SummerSlam. Just wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> then he wins it, and then they'll do what they did with uh, Wayne Gretzky breaking a record in the NHL. They'll have like a press conference the next day in the ring. Someone will make their name from NXT, come up, challenge Cena for the title, and that's how they write Cena off. So uh, there's the idea that people are all going to steal. And uh, yeah. Oh, who would that name be? Yeah, that'd be interesting. Who would be the hottest looking? I'd love to see Finn Balor versus Cena. I'd love to see that. At least he's on the right track now, Finn. So that could be a possibility. Yeah, who's he Velveteen feuding with? Walter? Green, no, not, not Velveteen. It comes up. Can't take Cena's 17th reign away. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah, you, know who you, would, you know who would love that? Collab would love that. He'd love Velvet. that. Oh, the guy's rolling. That's, um, he's rolling. He's rolling. That that's I know they call everyone superstars, but that is I actually view him as a superstar. That is a guy people will go pay to see, and he's he's fucking what is he a year younger than us? The guy has yeah. a lifetime ahead. Yeah. Well, time to call him. I've been down there in uh, the minor leagues for a little too long. Time to go to the big time. Oh yeah, yeah. That's basically it for this week's episode. This was the first of the, I guess we'll call this the quarantine edition. Of in the zone episode seventy three, um, but make sure to stay tuned. I guess next week. I don't know if we're going to be doing this again or if you guys are going to be coming over. We'll just we have to wait and see with this virus. But stay tuned for next week. Should be fun.